0: We have been, as a congregation, working our way through First Peter, the book of First Peter. And the next lesson, as you can see in next week's sermon, was about husbands. Um, and the week after that's about wives and so on and so forth. But we were having so much happening this morning, I just thought we'd digress for a minute and preach a special message that I think we all need to hear anyhow. And it would have been preached sooner or later. Might as well be this morning. The text is very short scripture. It's the 38th verse and the 39th verse of the ninth chapter of the gospel of Mark. And it goes like this, John said to him, teacher, we saw someone casting out demons in your name and we tried to hinder him because he was not following us. But Jesus said, do not hinder him For there is no one who shall perform a miracle in my name and be able soon afterward to speak evil of me." I want to talk about differences. Northland is a body of people who sees itself as a different congregation, and that's great. You know there are a lot of churches who see themselves as different from other congregations, see themselves as having a unique ministry. And I guess what I want to say this morning is just seeing yourself as different is not enough. Including the different is what God wants us to do. I want to talk about three things. First of all, I want to talk about how we see churches other than ourselves. Then I want to talk about how we see people who are in this body who are different from ourselves, other Christians then I want to talk about how we see individuals outside our body as being different from ourselves. First of all, let's talk about other churches for a while. When someone asks you the question, and this is the most off question, when people say, where do you go to church? And you say, Northland Community Church, there will be likely two responses to that. One will be, what denomination is it? Well, we're not any denomination. What do you mean we're not in a denomination? Well, we're not in, we're inter-denominational, no non-denominational. Oh, you want to quote, we're, not in, we're no denomination. Oh, well, how big is your church? That's the second question. Now, what do you answer when people say, how big is your church? I bet 95% of you say, eh, two, three hundred, incorrect. What I want us to see is that God's church is universal. Our first response to a difference is to put it down. That's human nature. When we see a difference, it scares us, and so we begin to put it down. And when we're going through the adolescent growth of our Christianity, we will define ourselves by who we are not. Just like teenagers, when they're going through, they say, Oh, I hate this. I hate that. I hate... They're the most negative people. What are they doing? They're defining themselves by who they're not. I just hate it when you do that. Oh, I hate her. I hate him. I hate that, see? Churches do the same thing. Well, what is your church like? Well, I'll tell you what we're not like. (laughs) Yes, sir. We're not like those fundamentalist churches that just load guilt on you and have you walking away from the door like this. It's terrible. They just give you a verbal beating every Sunday. That's what we're not like. And I'll tell you another thing what we're not like. We're not like them there charismatic churches where your eyes roll back in your head and your tongue sticks out and you're speaking languages nobody can understand. I'll tell you what, well, we got a few in the current game, but we're not all that way. <laughs> See? Yes, sir. And I'll tell you something else what we're not like. We're not like them American uh, Catholics. by like uh, They play with their statues and their beads and stuff like that. And always on the end of that, you get tacked on this. I know because I used to be one. <laughs> you always get that tacked on at the end of it. And I'll tell you something else Like we're not like. We're not like them mainline denominations which will go unnamed this morning. We're not like them, their mainline denominations. When you ask them when they started following the Lord, they tell you how long they've been going to church. They missed the entire point, didn't they? They can't even tell you how long they've been following the Lord. Good grief, spew them out of your mouth, Lord. Them people are lukewarm. That's not what we're, we're not like that. You see how we define ourselves? What are you like? What do you believe in? You know what you did? You just cut off all of your brothers and sisters around the world. When somebody asks you, how big is your church, you know what the correct response is in God's eyes? Well, we're only about 450 million, but we're growing. Because God's church is universal, isn't it? It reaches all around this world through every language, through every denomination, through every barrier that we put up. And we do put up barriers. We've been doing it for years. Turning your scripture to Acts 15. Let me show you something. Acts 15. This is the council of Jerusalem. When they had this first barrier problem, when they tried to decide whether or not the people had to become Jews before they could become Christians, this is what happened. They talked all through this, what kind of standards that you would have to meet before you were really a Christian? This is what they came down to. Listen to this. This is out of the word. It starts with verse 8. And God knows the heart. A God who knows the heart bore witness to them, giving them the Holy Spirit just as he also did to us. And he made no distinction. Now look at it through God's eyes. He made no distinction between us and them, cleansing their heart by faith. Now therefore, why do you put God to the test by, replace, by placing upon the neck of the disciples a yoke, which neither our fathers nor we have been able to bear? Now, look at here what, what he's saying. When we begin to make standards for other denominations before we will admit them into our Christian family, we place a yoke on them that we eventually will not be able to bear. When God first revealed to me that I would have another parish, Becky and I began to check churches all around this country. And one of the red flags while we were checking these churches, I was a United Methodist, one of of the red flags when we were talking to these churches, they would say, boy, I sure like you, but please don't mention that you're United Methodist. Because our people don't believe that United Methodists are Christian. And I said, thank you very much, brother. I'll be praying for you. And that was the last contact we had. You know why? Because anybody who gives me a yoke like that, if I would have said, yeah, okay, I won't mention it. It's just between you and I. Somewhere down the line, I would not have met with approval. Because there was one yoke there. There would have been another yoke there. Now watch this. When you say, so-and-so is not a Christian because, and you get in a little group and you rant and rave about other churches and how far off base they are, you better watch it because you know that somewhere down the line you're going to have a yoke that you can't bear. Why would we put a yoke on people that God doesn't put on people? If we are truly interdenominational, and non-denominational, then our speech has to reflect that. We've got brothers and sisters all over the world. You understand? Okay. And about our need, you know, in our human need to be like other people, sometimes that runs away with us, and we need other people to be like us. Let me say that again. In our need to be like other people, because we want to be accepted, it runs away with us, and we need them to be like us. That's how we can really tell we're accepted. And so what happens is we start setting standards for other people inside the body before we will accept them. You know, one phrase I've heard, and I'm going to start stepping on toes here, so get your steel toes on. One phrase I've heard repeatedly in this body since I got here is this phrase, and it's common for a church this size, but it's this phrase. You know, everybody in this church ought to, this whole church ought to. And you know what that's doing? That is saying there is no room for any differences in this area. And you know what? If there's no room for any differences in that area, then you've got no room for people in that area. Watch it. Watch how we do this. And this is a human thing. Believe me, we do it because when we're getting, and it's usually some people involved in some ministry, and they don't want it to fail. And so they're making some generalization about the whole church, wanting to include everybody. But what they're saying is, everybody gets included my way. You see? Well, we started to hinder them because they would not follow us. See, they believe in you, Christ, but they wouldn't follow us. So they weren't included. And that's what we do. And, we, and when the ministry gets off to a skiddy start, then we start this stuff. Oh, I love this. I've done this a million times myself. I know, I know, I can tell it. We start to get what I call the Elijah complex. And the Elijah complex, remember when he was so discouraged and that woman was chasing him all over the place? Jezebel. And he went out and he sat, he sat under a tree so discouraged. What did he say? He said, Oh Lord, only I am left. In other words, I'm the only one that's got the true religion. Everybody else has deserted me. That's what we get. When we have our minds set on a ministry that other people have to fit into, we begin to get cynical and down on other people, don't we? And then a little tape recorder goes off inside of us and it starts playing America the Beautiful while we're, while we're saying all this stuff. And we really work ourselves... Oh, this is swell how we work ourselves up into you know, we're the martyrs. Let, I tell, let's do it this morning. Let me, I'll just rehearse it with you. I want you to just hum America the Beautiful while I'm telling everybody what we say to each other, okay? Let's go. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay, keep coming. Lord, you know everybody ought to be at prayer and potluck on Wednesday. What's wrong with these people? Don't these people believe in prayer? I'm there. People don't believe in prayer, Lord. It's only me. And Lord, you know every woman ought to be in woman alive. Aren't they women? Don't they want to be alive? Hey, we got the organization. Where are these people? We're going to call them up, Lord, for you. And you know, Lord, that when everybody comes to this building, they ought to bring a hammer in their hand. And they ought to have a nail that goes in someplace. Yes, Lord. You used to be that people would raise entire houses in one day. Where have we failed, Lord? Only I am left, yeah, yes sir. Can I just get you? Oh yeah, that feels so good to be so righteous, yes sir. Well, now wait a minute. See, if we do that, pretty soon only you are left. Uh A self-fulfilling prophecy. Listen, there are differences in this body, and praise God that there are differences in this body. Can you imagine what this building would look like if Bill Davenport and Dale, Dan Ruhlman and Roy Nelson and a bunch of you other guys had my building capabilities? Good heavens. Good, oh my. Now I'm not saying that we can't come down and slap on paint, but oh, and Zonamingo, do you realize what would happen, what our music would be like if Zonamingo had all of our collective musical ability? Every Sunday we would come here and sing, Kumbaya, my Lord, Kumbaya. That's the only that's the only song most of us know from camp. Listen, God's given Yeah, God's given us differences, and it's great, it's great. And this is the thing. The the flip side here is when we set up standards. Then we begin also to imitate other people and we look like absolute fools when we begin to not be ourselves in the Lord's eyes because He made us individuals. And when we have to imitate one another in order to be acceptable, we're down the tubes. Let me tell you a story about, true story, Calvin Coolidge, Cool Cal, one of my favorite presidents. Calvin Coolidge was having breakfast with an Italian ambassador, they had just uh, had a treaty, you know, they, they, compact, they were of one mind. And this is where we get, write this on the tablets of your hearts. This is where we get mixed up. We think that to be of one mind, we have to be like one another. That's not true at all. We think that to be of one mind, which the Lord wants us to be, we have to act like one another. That's not true at all. So we begin to imitate each other. Anyhow, let me get back to the breakfast. They had had this treaty, so they're having breakfast together. And the Roman ambassador was kind of nervous about it. He didn't want to create any faux pas, any mistakes, you know. So he said in his mind, "I'll just do whatever the president does." So they're talking over breakfast, and you know how you can spill a little coffee out of your out of your cup into the saucer. Coolidge did that. So he took his cup and placed it beside his saucer, and the Italian was just sitting there and and. Uh, uh, we ought to be in the mood for this story after your Italian reading this morning just sitting there and just went right on just cool, just didn't even mention anything and set his cup over by the side of the saucer too they talked a little bit more and cool cow picked up the cream and poured it in his saucer and the Italian didn't want to say anything about it he he wanted to be acceptable so he asked for the cream and poured it in his saucer they talked a little bit more and cool cow stirred his up he took his spoon and he stirred his up too And that, listen to this, President Coolidge took his saucer and handed it to the White House cat that was down at his feet. (laughs) See, we just end up looking like fools when we imitate one another instead of accepting differences and celebrating differences. God has given us a certain overview as a congregation. But church programming is not the same as being of the same mind. Church programming gives different people an opportunity to celebrate their gifts in different ways. Let's never, never lose that. And then, I'll give you time, just a second. One more more point. And then, lastly, let's talk about how we think about people outside the body. Or rather, how people think of us. And how inclusive we are. We know we're different from the world. But you know what? We shouldn't be too proud of that. We should be real careful about that. Because the more different we get, the more people feel unloved and like they cannot measure up. Let me tell you about the three people who made the biggest impact on my life before I became a Christian. One's name was Max Bayshore and Max was absolutely the greatest storyteller ever lived. This guy could, he And he wasn't a preacher, he wasn't a public speaker, he was a salesman. And he sold gasoline products to truck drivers. And he would walk in a room and the first words out of Max's mouth were, have you heard the one about? And folks, it was like E.F. Hutton. Everybody stopped what they were doing and turned toward, and pretty soon, five minutes later, he'd have the whole place rolling. And not only did he have them rolling, he had them loving each other, because he had that sense of humor. It was fantastic. The next person with Jean, Jean Evans. Jean's gift was that she had the most beautiful, melodic, deep, rich alto voice. It was absolutely gorgeous. She didn't sing much in her later life. I was one of the few people that could hear her sing, but during the forties, she sang with Tommy Dorsey and some of those, the big band era, and she was fantastic. The third person, was a guy named Doc. Everybody called him Doc. He was a veterinarian. And Doc had this thing with animals. I'd sit on the front porch with Doc and Doc would coax squirrels out of the trees and the squirrels would come down and eat out of his hand and he'd give me this lecture about squirrels and how they were God's creatures and how God had made them and so on and so forth. Those people were such a blessing to me. Now the thing that all three of those had in common is that they were never part of a church. You ask them if they believe in God, they'd say, sure. You'd ask them if they believe in Jesus Christ as the only son of God, they'd say, you bet you I do. Well, then why don't you go to church? Ah, uh, Those people are different than I am. I, I wouldn't fit. I'm not, you know, they, they know all that talk and how to do things. And I. I'd just rather, you know, besides, I, I'm just a fun loving guy. I'm just your regular average guy. I love to have fun. I love to be normal and so on and so forth. You get all these little uh, hang ups that people have about Christians? Christians have really played that to the hilt, by the way. We're so proud. We're so different. But you know what? Even those, those people believed in Jesus Christ, they never had the assurance of the gospel. They never knew what scripture could mean in their life for guidance. They never knew the development of the Holy Spirit. They never knew how to live life in power. And you know what the church missed? If Max Bashore was standing here this morning instead of me, you would have a sermon. If Gene Evans could have sung this morning with Chris, oh, it would have broken your heart. I mean, you would have been on the floor. If Doc Shore could have taken any class of kids outside and coached down a squirrel and explained to them, from a veterinarian standpoint, Noah's Ark, folks, you would have had a lesson. Not only did those people miss, but we missed. Why? Because we are not aggressive enough about being joyful about our differences. And we need to do that. God made us different. He really did. And He did it for a reason. Therefore, let us rejoice when we see somebody who does not have the gifts we do and let us include them however we can.